Hello, hello, hello. This is your girl Shade Red of Black Diaries. And I'm Erica D. And today we're going live um, with Dr. Stephanie. Miss Fitz, um, just to discuss the importance of therapy. <laughs> the importance of therapy in today on society and just today in general. So we're going to go ahead and bring her in so she can tell us more about herself. Hi. Hi. How you doing, love? Doing well. How are y'all doing? We're doing good. Glad and thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. No problem. No problem. Is this your first podcast? Um, I would say so. Yes. First podcast. Yes. Okay. Well, well thank you. You shared it with us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when I was looking, I was looking for a therapist and, um, you, I've, I've heard of your name around Birmingham before, so I wasn't surprised that I got a comment with your name and suggestion for it. So I'm pretty excited. Oh, yes. So um, I just know personally, um, I've had experience with therapy. I don't know about my co-host. I don't know if you've had therapy or have experience with it, but <laughs> I think we all do. Probably go. I think <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful thing within itself. Yeah. So, um, Dr. Stephanie, can you please tell us about ourselves? Tell the lovely people about you and your personality and who you are and where you're from. Just a little background, a little background. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm Stephanie Led. I have three beautiful little kiddos. They're ages four, six, and seven Matthew, Chloe, and Mackenzie. Um, I'm the owner of LOL Counseling and Consulting Services. The LOL stands for Love Out Loud. Um, I often tell people that I was just laying in the bed one day and right before my prayers, God kind of put that in my spirit, Love Out Loud. So oftentimes when we're watching television, the news is just so negative. There's so much so much hate in the world, so much, so much racism, sexism. And so that kind of stood out to me. He said, love out loud. We need to be able to show love. Love is an action word. So it's something that we express, not just say, but it should be in our actions. So um, that's the, the meaning behind the name. Um, I am a licensed independent clinical social worker. Um, I have an office. My office is in Homewood um, and we are launching a our second location in Tampa, Florida, which is scheduled to open in December of this year. So I'm very excited about that. Um, thank you. Um, I'm also the owner of the Whole Woman Boutique. Um, and that name, the basis of that name, um, I specialize in clothing for curvy women. So as me being a curvy woman myself, oftentimes I'll go in the store and I'm like, oh my gosh, why are they always putting us in floral print or animal print? The clothes are just not cute. <laughs> They're not flattering. Um, and typically the, the curvy um, side is kind of small. It's not a lot to choose from. And so I know oftentimes curvy women for a long time had not been like the face of magazines and really put out there. And so a lot of times people would kind of lose themselves and not feel whole or not feel complete. So um, that's the meaning behind the whole woman boutique. Um, so fashion is something I love. Um, I also sing. So in my spare time, I love singing. I sing at weddings, funerals, a little bit of everywhere, church. Um, so that's some of my little side hobby, hobbies, aside from shopping and interior decorating. Those are some things that I love to do as well. 
Okay, so just a all around talented woman. So. Oh well, I, I guess I don't know. I just I'm uh, a little bit <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Flattering. Like I said, just the, um, what, in my opinion, what made you go into therapy or social work in general? Like, what inspired that? Well, to be honest with you, um, when I first went to college, um, I, I went uh, to the University of Alabama, and I was like, yes, I'm majoring in nursing. I'm so excited. I want to save all the sick people. And so I did that for maybe a year. And then I was just like, I know that I have a passion for people and I want to help people, but I'm not so sure if I'm into helping sick people. So I ended up going into social work from there. Um, Just my passion for service, service. Um, Servantry is something that's really big for me. And I'm really heavily involved in ministry and serving outreach. And so that was, that's kind of what sparked my interest in social work um, and which um, ultimately led to me doing therapy. So how long have you been uh, practicing therapy now? Uh, I have been practicing therapy um, for about six years now. And I've been in the capacity of a licensed social worker for almost 11 years. Because uh, I know uh, me personally, um, I've had two they have one of the social work. My best friends. Oh wow! She's getting her master's now. Shout out to Baby. She is getting That's her awesome. at uh, Alabama A and M. Both of them. Her and Aisha. Aisha just finished wow. wrapping it up. And uh, like I said, I, I do know some people that end up doing social work. So like I said, I under totally understand that. Um, I guess the aspect that I said, me personally, I'm in, inspired to be a nurse. And that's my inspire. It's always been a passion for me. It's either nursing or veterinary. I love people. I love animals. So um, I don't think I can. This is the heart of um, hurting animals. And just I think that'll hurt me. I mean, it hurts all together. But (laughs) growing up, um, I grew up with a father who has been on dialysis the majority of my life. So seeing seeing the impact of nurses compared to doctors. No offense to the doctors. But (laughs) the impact... The nurse make a difference in your stay at the hospital more. Absolutely. So, so that's just my outtake on life and my take my outtake on why I want to become a nurse over a doctor. But um, I'm the Erica Deep School because I will keep talking <laughs> <laughs> and not give her any time to talk later. <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't go into nursing or being a doctor or a social worker, so I don't, <laughs> I don't have anything to say. But I have a question. Um, so how has uh, becoming a therapist impacted your life as an individual um I would say it has impacted me um definitely in a positive way and I'll be honest with you um I have I have colleagues and when when I say colleagues I mean other um therapists that I know that they actually see therapists um and so I know that one of the things one of the great ways it has impacted me is it made me pay close attention to self-care. So I know that if I'm not at my best, I cannot be good for anyone else. So in this field, it kind of forces me to really take out time for myself. I don't care if it's just a simple bubble bath with candles lit and a good book. To me, that's self-care. Self-care doesn't have to cost you money. So that's one of the positive ways that it has impacted me. It causes me to really have to ensure that I'm at my best. I love self care. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> was it this month? I think. I think this month is self care awareness. 
I'm not sure. Is it something? I, 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 I saw it recently. <laughs> let me maybe maybe I oh well, maybe I need to um up it up a, a little bit. You know, if it is. I thought I thought because this month, like even uh, like with some of our other collaborations. It's been more so based on self care. So even mm-hmm. like I mental health, because I know it's I know for a fact the suicide awareness month. Oh, I, do so yeah. I do know that. I do know that. September, but uh, I was gonna say that was September, but it's not. It's not October yet. Yeah, we're still in September. At least to what Wednesday or so. Right. <laughs> it's um. I know, like for example, that's something that I do know was, and to me when I think of that, I was like, I also think of therapy and self care. It, it goes hand in mental health and we've discussed mental health before on the podcast and um that was one of our my favorite personal um episodes of the week and my my colleague shelby so i have always known how important therapy was and i have been but the thing is it's like dating when you find the therapist you gotta keep playing in your store and it gotta fit and I don't think I personally I haven't found one that I think it has just stuck with me and just remaining right. your story over and over again. That can be, it can be draining and it also can be, what's the word I'm looking for? I cannot think of it right now. I don't blank. But it's, I don't know. I just can't think of it right now. But it's just, it can deter you from going to therapy or keep going. But it, the older that I've gotten, I've realized how really important it is in not only as a woman but as a black woman in America. Absolutely. Very important. And um I don't know, Eric, do you like to have you ever thought about that? Oh yes. <laughs> Very much. I just never been. Um but I think I could I could stand to go. Probably my whole family could stand to go. I think that's how I feel. I feel like at this point in my life, like my whole family could stand. I think I think we could stand a couple. I don't know if we can go to therapy together. sessions or. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I'm saying like I feel like you need your solo therapy, but I feel like sometimes like sometimes growing up, some things that you experience with your brother, your sister, your sibling, or even your parent. Mm-hmm. One on one, I don't know if I'd be ready for that. Um, <laughs> I thought about one on one therapy, but then I was like, well, I haven't. I would say that I haven't experienced anything like very traumatic that I would think that I would need mm-hmm. therapy. I think I would need it more so to be able to learn how to deal with my emotions and stuff like that. Right. So I think I would go to therapy for that. Not because I've been through anything like really traumatic other than, you know, people dying, but death is a part of life. So that's a part of life. But then sometimes um, it, can, it can affect the whole family. Cause yeah, I feel like I, I, I I don't think that I would need to go for something traumatic. It would be more so for me to um, just be able to control my emotions and be able to understand my emotions and heal from things, insecurities and different things like that. That would be why I would go to therapy. And, um, and I know people go for those that same reason, but I also know a lot of people think that you have to have had something traumatic, traumatic happen in order to go to therapy. And that's not entirely Or true. I think people also think that you just have to be so down and depressed. Yeah. You can go to therapy and you're fine. Yeah, I'm not so, depressed or anything. I don't know my mind. I don't think I'm depressed. depressed. I, don't. And I, I think that's one of the issues that we have when it comes to therapy is a lot of times we become reactive versus proactive. So sometimes it's good to get a, a head start on things and, and not have to seek help 
after an event has happened. But if you mm-hmm. keep yourself in the best place possible, emotionally and mentally, then you can be able to conquer a little bit of the trials a little bit easier. Um, or those mishaps or those things that those unfortunate situations and so I think that's what we've kind of got accustomed to we just we react it's a reaction versus we're never proactive with things I I can definitely um, agree with you on that because even like as I've gotten into if we've gotten into podcasting I know personally me my mental health I feel like has been drained especially if they're going on social media and I had to get myself back on social media harder mm-hmm. due to promoting and right. branching out and but like I said just seeing a, so many things go on on the day to day basis that's why I had to stop watching the news a long time ago Oh yeah, because it was just so depressing so you watching I don't oh well, y'all say girl you're a journalist <laughs> <laughs> I tell people all the time my mom and my auntie when I was in school and I said I was going to be a journalist. They were like, well, do you want to be on the news? I was like, no, the news is depressing. Who wants to do that? They was like, well, how are you going to be a journalist and you don't watch the news? Easy. Very easy. <laughs> like I said, unfortunately, it is easy. I have easy. to do it for work. So at some point, I have to pull away from the news because it's, it's depressing. Imagine covering uh, somebody getting shot and then you got to go and day. see. Well, I don't cover people getting shot, but I'm just saying you got to go to a crime scene and take pictures and take video and all that, that record on the scene and then and you gotta go back and watch that's the person you gotta go back and edit it exactly I, and do all this that is really bad. I don't even read my, not that my stories are depressing but I just don't read them because I've already I've already seen it you've already, you've already, seen it. It. You've I already done it I wrote it I edited it that's all but, and that's a really great thing um what you guys are mentioning because Sometimes we feel like we have to stay up to date on certain things, not realizing that certain things we expose ourselves to can cause us to be depressed. It can cause us to have anxiety. It can cause all types of emotions. Um, I know here lately when we've been hearing all of the, the things about the police brutality and just a lot of things are, I want to say, being highlighted now that's not really positive things, but there are definitely things that's going on. Um, but I'd like to think to think that these things have been going on. It's just more highlighted now. That's all it is. Right. <laughs> and so we sometimes, and I, I like to give the example. Sometimes we watch like reality shows like Love and Hip Hop, you know, different types of reality shows. And sometimes you can get so engulfed in their story and what's going on with them that it causes you emotions that aren't even really yours to have. Um, And so it's very important for you to guard yourself emotionally and mentally. We have to be um, more careful what we're allowing ourselves to be open to. Um, It can cause us to be vulnerable. Um, I tell a lot of my clients all the time, once they, especially mine that are suffering with anxiety and depression, like, hey, sometimes you need to take that little break, that step back from social media. Sometimes you might need to not, you know, turn off the news, just keep up to date on weather, you know? Um, the protests and the violence, some some of that has really caused a, an emotional breakdown for a lot of people. So we have to have balance and be very, um, I guess, cautious in what we're allowing ourselves to become vulnerable to. Yeah, no, like I said, I just, I just completely agree. I know, like, it's been times where I just want to leave everything to back mm-hmm. on off, and just I don't want to be bothered. And like I said, I get like that. I get like that even with my friends, and it's just. I've always been a friend everybody can come and talk to. And um, 
And sometimes even putting, listening to everybody else can put a, a drain on yourself. I've always been a friend of everybody. That's literally always been. And it's just sometimes I know me, I can worry a lot. And that can have an effect on me. Because I'm yeah. always thinking about now, I, I think, I think I, like, even a lot of stuff now, I look at stuff and I just think of people's mental state at the time or what they were experiencing at the time. Right. And you I, have to really be careful who you surround yourselves with because I always tell people sometimes toxicity can cause you to have, um, you know, mental health issues or emotional imbalances. Um, and I, I really know this sounds really bad, but sometimes our family can be toxic or certain family members can be toxic people for us. And that sounds awful, but y'all, it's really true. So it's important for you to realize if you find yourself with a group of friends that you feel like you're always pouring into and you're always just giving so much of yourself and you're not getting in anything in return, then you'll find yourself empty. And so then you have allowed yourself to become vulnerable. You don't have anybody. And, and um, I, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I know we kind of talk about myths and things of that sort when it comes to therapy. And one of those being one, one thing that we don't realize is those, those friends that um, are always the ones that's just so bubbly and excited and they're always giving advice to others and you feel like, man, they don't never go any, it, through anything. Or when they do go through, through things, they're just, they have such positive attitudes. Believe it or not, us mental health professionals see that those are the ones who are suffering with depression the most. Those are the ones that are committing suicide. So you always want to check on your friends that are seemingly doing extremely well. Um, I don't know if that's more of a defense mechanism, but we have seen that those are the very ones that end up committing suicide. And so everyone would say, well, they, they just seem so happy. They always helping people and they always motivate people when they're down and encourage them. So surprisingly, um, sometimes depression does not show itself as depression, meaning depression doesn't mean that you crying all the time. Um, so I think that that's definitely a lack of knowledge um, as it relates to that specific um, diagnosis. Um, and that's, that's crazy that you uh, spoke on that. My, um, my godfather in Texas, Dallas, and he was telling me like it recently, my godbrother is 13. Bryce might be 13. Yeah, he might be 13, but he just experienced that. He lost a classmate that committed suicide. And like, because of my father, I was just like, I just can't believe it. You're such a cannibal kid. That's it. And I literally just explained the exact same thing you just said. Mm-hmm. I was like, Bryce is going to have to take a step back from social media if he had, because I don't know, like, kind of, you know, as, I, I don't have any kids. But right. I give him, like, advice from what I do know and from what he, I said, he's going to take a step back. And I said, how did he find out? He was like, well, a classmate told him for the school announced it. And he was like, as a parent, he was like, they were shocked. He didn't know how to deal with it as a parent. He didn't know how to explain to Bryce what had happened, what taking what like taking place and how he said Bryce doesn't want to talk about it. He's just his emotions are over the place. He doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to bring it up. And I guess I can imagine that, if, especially they were friends. He's like the kid had been over their house several times. And so they had a bond with him. So it, it took a toll on not only my godfather but it, um, and my godbrother, but it took a toll on them as parents. And he was just like, Jazz, we don't know. I said, I don't, th- I don't have kids again, but the only thing I can tell you to do is what I feel like is the best way to do for Bryce. Give him his space, but don't give him too much space. 
kind of make sure you check on them. <clears throat> And so just, but at the same time, social media, I told this out. I said, it's, it's out at, at this moment or at this time in his life right now. Just think of the positive things of his, of his friend. And I don't, I don't know, but I, I just know he, I was glad that he wasn't the only child, but then I thought about the family and how they discovered this situation and what happened. So it's right. a lot. It's, it's a lot. And I, I feel for them and I feel for the family but I also feel for this I don't know it's just a terrible situation um yeah definitely a terrible situation I just lost also a co-worker the same way oh wow that's what I'm saying so sorry oh him that thank you and I told him that I was like I I understand what you what you're feeling I said but you have to just protect your mind as well yeah, like, always a good conversation when it comes to therapy, mental health. That's why I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I know I uh, like I said I keep looking at my phone because I'm looking at my questions as well. Um, I also asked you like how has becoming a therapist impacted your life as a parent, a friend, a sister, daughter? Like how how has that impacted you? I know you say kind of like you probably look at stuff different now. Yeah, like- I think that um it has impacted me in such a way where I'm just so much more alert and in tune to things. Um, I think it can also be, um, I guess the negative aspect of that. I feel like, um, because you hear so much and, um, people have experienced so many things you want to protect your family from experiencing those things so I think sometimes if you don't balance it right you can be very controlling because you just really want to protect your family from all these different types of traumas that other people have um, experienced but um, I would say overall it has just kind of given me a better I want to say spirit of discernment Um, I'm just more in tune to things and it's taken um, years for me to really be able to have a really good balance Um, sometimes And what I mean by that is like not taking work home or not carrying someone else's emotions, being able to um, sympathize with people and empathize with them, but don't carry on their actual problem. So it takes a lot of time to really be able to master that um, as a therapist. I can can only imagine, like I said, I'm the friend that always, I feel like I'm not a therapist, but you know, always always a listening ear, so. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like I said, <laughs> kudos, like exactly to you. So, thank you. What what is like you said? We said we said it early, like the myths of therapy. So, what are the myths of therapy? Of I guess what people think. Oh, there's like a hundred million thousand <laughs> myths, you know. Um, but I think one of the biggest myths. Um, and I want to do uh, one of them that I do want to mention is that. A lot of people believe that you have to have a mental health issue to go to therapy. That's one of the biggest myths there are. Um, I tell people all the time, like, you don't have to be crazy or have a mental health issue to go to therapy. Um, I have people that just want to come and vent about coworkers. They can't really talk to nobody else about them. Just want to vent about life circumstances. They're not crazy. Nothing's wrong with them. Um, There are some people that have troubled marriages. They're not crazy. They just want to fix their marriage. Um, You have people that um, have low self-esteem, you know, um, and so they're just wanting to be able to be more confident in themselves. So that's one of the biggest myths is that you have to be like crazy or have a mental health diagnosis to seek therapy. Um, Another myth um, for those that may be, 
I guess in in Christianity, some um, some may believe that um, going to therapy shows a lack of your faith in God, and you believe in that He can handle your situation. Um, so some people of faith have um, felt that therapy is like showing that you don't you don't believe that God can work it out for you. You're actually seeking help, and so that's definitely a big myth. Um, another myth is that children don't have um, mental health issues. Most of them are just attention-seeking behaviors, and that's not true. Um, typically, we don't really like to diagnose um, children before the age of four. Um, most diagnoses that you would see um, under the age of four are typically those that's um, related to autism. Uh, we typically diagnose those pretty early. Um, however, um, one of the biggest things I noticed in the black community or the African-American community, a lot of times we're discouraged from therapy because um, one being what I said earlier, you think only crazy people go to therapy. Growing up, we're always told to just pray about it. Pray about it. You'll be okay. Just pray about it. Seek God on it. Pray about it. Pray about it. And so then you're kind of left with Okay, well, what do I do with these natural? I, I understand your spiritual side of things, but what about the natural sins? And I'm wanted to believe that God doesn't place people here. He don't place doctors and nurses and therapists here for no reason. So they, we're here for a purpose and we're here to help. Um, and it, it's in no way um, a lack of your faith or your belief that you can't do it on your own. Um, it's just, I like to think of it as just some extra support, um, especially for those that come in um for couples counseling, I always like to tell my couples, like, you can't tell everybody everything that you're going through, or you can't vent to everybody about your spouse, specifically family, because guess what? Once you didn't tell them about your spouse and what they did, they're not going to let it go. And you may decide to forgive them and we're going to live happily ever after, but your family handling your spouse some kind of way because you have told them all this information. So therapy. You get to do that in therapy. You get to tell that that neutral person, that third party person that by HIPAA regulations can't say, tell anything that you've said. You get to let it all out on them. And so that's another reason why therapy is like totally amazing. Um, <laughs> really like go to therapy. Like it, it can't hurt, right? right. So like, you feel like, um, you know, another myth um, is the, I think um, you said it earlier about the feeling like you have to have experienced a childhood trauma uh, to go to therapy. And that, you know that's that's false. You don't have to experience trauma or anything like that. You can literally just wanna go to talk to somebody. You might not have many friends. I just wanna talk to somebody. We get those types of people all the time, you know? And I'm one of those therapists. One of the things that's really important when you are seeking therapy, it's almost like, uh, seeking employment almost in a sense like you you want to make sure that they're a right fit for you and the therapist also also should be making sure that they're a good fit for you as well every therapist is different I'm the type of person um in my office I'm kind of like a laid back I have a I have a television on the wall I sometimes my my clients will come in I'm sitting on the floor I got my shoes off um my clients have adapted how I kind of maneuver with things. I have some clients that'll walk right in, they'll take their shoes off and they'll come sit on the floor with me. Um, so I really like, I think it's important to have a very comfortable um, atmosphere. Um, and so one of the things that's important to me is I learn each of my clients and what their likes and dislikes are, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, what's their comfortability level. Um, so I'm very flexible in that. Um, 
So, but yeah, I hope I answered your question about the movie. Um, well, since we're, you know, talking about myths and trying to dispel, you know, the myths around therapy. So, um, what advice um would you give those who want to go to therapy or even people who, you know, believe these myths about therapy? Like what advice um would you give to somebody? I think my advice would be to talk to those who have experienced therapy. Um, word of mouth is one of the best ways to kind of encourage a person. Um, if you know anybody um, that can, um, that have been to therapy, that can say, hey, like this was a great experience for me. Um, for therapists, for me, myself, it is so gratifying to get a client um, day one, just vulnerable and just in a, a total um, emotional distress. And six months later, I mean, they're the most confident. Like, I get so much gratification out of that. Um, and so I think that uh, another thing that I would advise them to do is do your research. Um, it's always good to look at um, the therapist bio. What are their um, specialties? Um, you have some that are more based on Christian counseling. You have some that are very good with the LGBTQ community. You have some that are just overall, they deal in a, deal in a variety of different specialties. Um, so I would suggest kind of researching. You can narrow it down by like, if you live in Hoover, okay, what therapists are in Hoover? Um, just kind of not, cause there's so many therapists, but that's a great way to be able to kind of compartmentalize. And so you're not looking at so much and get overwhelmed. So kind of narrow it down to a specific um, person. Psychology Today is a really good website um, that lists several different therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists um, all over. Um, good Therapy is a really great website for that as well. And there's a Black Girls, uh, Therapy for Black Girls website. So if you know that you want a Black girl therapist, you can go on there, read bios of those different therapists as well. So I would suggest just kind of doing your research. Um, and you know, when you go to that first appointment, you might not feel like you meshed too well with that therapist and that's okay. Like there's millions more you can choose from. So don't feel like once you pick, you have to stick with that one forever and ever. You know, if you find like, hey, we don't really have a good therapeutic relationship, you know, it's not a big deal. You know, just keep seeking until you find that one, like you're like, okay, this is it. You know, that person that you're excited to go to therapy every week, so. Yeah, and that's, that's how I feel personally. I know me, I want my therapist goes to not to feel, I want them to feel like a, a best friend in a sense that doesn't judge me, that doesn't look at me any different, that can give me exercises to take care of myself and exercises to maybe even indulge to my friends or help with them when I'm listening. So yeah, I, I know that's what I personally look for in therapy. I, I know I'm, I'm a hands-on person. So I need some stuff to make me cry, make me get angry, like make me express everything. Right, I found it, but you know what I'm saying. Like I said, I'm not. I've, I'm getting to the point where I'm. I know I got to go back because, like, me and my best friend just talking about that. We were saying like, we need to get back into therapy because it's needed. It's, it's definitely needed. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, so as someone um who takes time out to listen to other people. Um, you know, in, in their life stories or life struggles, whether that may be good or bad. And, you know, you talk to so many people and they have different emotions. So um, I guess, like, how does that weigh on you? Like, 
yeah so how does that weigh on you um as an individual and as a therapist and like what do you do to kind of you know protect your peace of mind well yeah so like i stated it kind of took me a couple years to be able to you know separate the two um and so one of the things i do is um after i've completed my sessions and i'm getting ready to go home for the day um and i'm on my ride home i typically don't listen to anything i just kind of use that moment to decompress the silence helps me it helps me kind of transfer my emotions and get myself back into like okay i'm done with dr stephanie the therapist now it's time to do mommy duty so it kind of my ride home is what kind of helps me decompress uh the silence um and i will say it's hard um i would say it's almost impossible for me i can't speak for all therapists to completely disconnect yourself because even on the weekends like i think about some of my clients you know i'm like oh i, I hope so and so is okay or oh i need to make sure i check in with them on monday um and so um and i'm, I'm a therapist that kind of gives homework and so sometimes i'll be like oh i wonder if so and so did their homework you know so i have i i think about my clients um but i've been able to you know separate the two like when i'm home i'm home my attention's to my kids i never want them to feel like um, mommy works all the time or you know how you can have people that are physically present in the home but not emotionally present in the home mm -hmm. um, so i ensure that i'm emotionally not just physically present but emotionally present as well and that's and that's a very important thing because I've, I've also seen that like i said um, somebody brought up the topic and now we're going to discuss that too. Like the relationship that we have with our parents, how that affected us. Right. Adults. And we didn't, it's again, I'm 26, you're 25, 4. 20, I'll be 25. Yeah, in two more months. But like I said, it's just, we both had to sit back sometimes and think about the relationship that we had and how it's impacted, impacted us and even some of our characteristics are because of the relationship that we have with our parents and some things in some ways how we handle things is because of the relationship we have with our parents or growing up as a brother and a sister and I know personally me like some things um have affected me and I'm just really starting to realize like why I am who I am sometimes and how I act the way I act sometimes because of the relationship with this person um from growing up so mm -hmm. I definitely can definitely agree with that um I just said, yo. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I definitely agree with that. I was but, just um, speaking the amen choir. Yeah. <laughs> but I know personally, um, like I said, growing up, that's a, I think just the older generation are not accepting of therapy. Like you said, they're so, you know, we grew up, what, stay, what goes on in my house, stay in my house. Mm -hmm. Right. And, okay, like you said, okay, it, again, I don't know. Sometimes, like you said, you have to speak on some stuff. And even, like I said, it, everybody like in your family is not the best for you. Mm -hmm. um, I've learned that too. Uh, you learn who's the glue in your family. Like I said, I know my grandfather's, my grandfather's man, those were men that were glued to our family. And you see the change, the true characteristics of some people come out and the toxic ways that they have and how it, it affects you and it can affect my family. So I personally have seen that. Um, yeah, up. and it's just it, it, it just it, I don't like I say that that's how I know I gotta get back into the therapy <laughs> like I gotta get back into it because it's just it's I know it's taking a toll on me mentally and some of my emotions as an individual so right 
Right. And it, like I said, I just, in a black community, it just, we are not taught there. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not taught just the importance of Right. We're not taught mental health until we get older or we have a breakdown or she done went crazy or she can't or she dates this way or she acts this way. It's some things that it affected you from growing up. Mm-hmm. Things that you had to encounter. So I know for a fact that's, that's one thing for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm pretty much. I know. That's why I said when I when I get to talking, I just I do. Yeah, I really appreciate I appreciate the invite. I think we had a great discussion. I hope that you know people were able to be enlightened on some things. Yeah. So what it what it would be your advice to those who are seeking therapy, and um, in the black community, what do you consider um, leading causes of mental health today? Uh, I think the leading cause of mental health issues is just literally ignorance, like just a lack of knowledge. Um, We are mistaking things um, for bad behavior or attention seeking when there's really an actual mental health issue um, going on. You know, you had that one family member that you said, oh, yeah, you know, so-and-so just crazy. She's crazy. But typically there's a real mental health issue there. Nobody has encouraged them to go seek help. Um, so I feel, and I feel like a lot of times now in society, we kind of diagnose ourselves. We go on Dr. Google and we start typing some symptoms and we think we, how many people have y'all really heard people say, oh yeah, she bipolar. You you can't diagnose nobody, (laughs) but we just, you know, so I think, um, one of the things or, or the issues that we have is the fact that just lack of knowledge, really, um, lack of knowledge and, Um, If we can be more knowledgeable about mental health and the importance of mental health and having podcasts just like this one to be able to enlighten people, to be able to educate people, I definitely see there being improvement in the area for the black community. I'm going to leave you with this last question. And like I said, thank you so much for being on. Probably won't be the last, last, but I definitely want you to. (laughs) <laughs> and I want you to tell me, like, as a therapist, what impact do you want to have on your clients and, they, and on the world? And, you know, even as a mom, like, you know, mm-hmm. I know all three different roles, but like, you know, if you can dissect, like, what impact do you really want to have as a therapist? Well, the biggest impact that I want to have is I want to be able to give people tools and knowledge that they can carry on for a lifetime. Um, I'm I'm one of those therapists that I'm not anti-medication, but I'm not necessarily pro-medication. I feel like medication only treats the symptoms, um, but you definitely need the therapy to be able to be long-term successful mentally and emotionally. Um, you know, and also when it comes along with medication, sometimes you end up taking a medicine for one thing and you it brings about side effects. So you have to take another medication to treat those side effects and then another medication to treat those. And so to me, it's kind of like a Band-Aid fix. But therapy in itself is going to give you the tools that you need to be long term, emotionally and mentally healthy. And so that's one of the things that's very important to me. Um, And I guess for me, like my legacy as a therapist, to be able to say my clients to say, like, she helped me out of a dark place. And now I am equipped. I'm equipped to handle anything that comes my way. I know exactly what to do. And and my clients actually be in a position um, where they're able to help their friends and their family from what they've learned in therapy. Well, again, 
Bravo. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yes, and like I said, hopefully it's not the last time. And like I said, I really hope that people take from this live and take from this episode that therapy is one is a healthy thing to do. It's okay to go when you're good um, or bad. You don't don't just go when you feel like you have no other corners. I almost say, mm-hmm. like don't feel like you're in this in a in a a corner where you just like you can't back out or you feel like you're going to go mentally now insane or crazy right you don't have to go just because um you're feeling depressed or anxiety exactly and like i said it it should be a healing space in my that's how i look at therapy Mm -hmm. it should be a healing space within yourself that's right i feel like that's why i said i know like you said you can pray and like i said i'm a strong faith person as well Mm -hmm. but like you said sometimes you have to seek outside it with the heal within yourself. That's steps to help along with prayer, along with your faith. It steps to also help you to grow and heal as a person. Absolutely. Beautifully stated. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. No, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Well, thank you. So guys. <laughs> and, and, uh, so anybody else got quit, we'll go ahead and let you go because I know you have a prior engagement. But thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. Y'all have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So... We have no comments today. It looks like it. Oh man. Oh, y'all don't love us today. But no. Um. A uh, quick little announcement, you guys. Uh, make sure you are following us on our social media platforms at Black Women Diaries Podcast is the YouTube page. Black Women Diaries Podcast is the Facebook page, and our Instagram is BLK Women Diaries. Okay, so it's, it's black short. I know. I'm a you don't want nobody type in women. That's so weird. <laughs> I've been rambling. <laughs> so, like I said, I Um, so that. Instagram and Twitter is B L K W O M E N D I A R I E S Black Women Diaries. Make sure y'all spell woman with an E and not an A. Okay. But no, serious on serious note. Um, thank for everybody that did tune in. Thank you for sharing it. Um, make sure you share it and get somebody else to tune into it uh like i said it'll still be up on our um page we'll have it probably as an episode probably by next week but thank you guys so much again thank you dr lit for allowing for coming onto our platform and for just being an amazing guest and amazing therapist girl. hold on you might gain a couple clients it might have gained a couple clients today, so I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. So, like I said, she's she's great. She was uh, highly recommended, and I'm glad she did take the time to come out onto our podcast. And so, um, um, oh, <laughs> hey, Will. <laughs> so my pod brother came on. Hi, Will. How you doing, sir? Thanks for being here today. That's the only one I got today, but uh, <laughs> that's the only one we got. Um, 
Show all of them, but yes, uh, like I said again, just share it, share it on your page, share it um, to your friends. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Spreaker, and we're working on some more platforms. Like I'm gonna work on Pandora, Amazon. Yeah, Pandora has since I don't know. And we on iHeartRadio too. I don't know, but I'm gonna get <laughs> so it doesn't matter. I'm trying to get us on all the platforms. That's all I know. Everything I can get us on chat. But um that is it. And we go to this what's up it's your girl shardy red of black women diaries i just want to make sure you are up to date and following all of our social media platforms follow us on facebook youtube instagram and twitter so our facebook and youtube just simply search black women diaries podcast facebook and youtube black women diaries podcast if you follow our instagram and our twitter follow it at blk W-O-M-E-N-D-I-A-R-I-E-S. Simple, okay? Just make sure you keep following us up on everything. We got a lot of stuff that's in store for this season. And we got a possible giveaway on the way. So just keep making sure you follow us on everything. Stay up to date. Share it and like everything and share it with all your friends and family, okay? We love you guys. Peace. And you have to really be careful who you surround yourselves with. Because I always tell people sometimes toxicity can cause you to have, um, you know, mental health issues or emotional imbalances. Um, And I I really know this sounds really bad, but sometimes our family can be toxic or certain family members can be toxic people for us. And that sounds awful, but y'all, it's really true. So it's important for you to realize if you find yourself with a group of friends that you feel like you're always pouring into and you're always just giving so much of yourself and you're not getting in anything in return, then you'll find yourself empty. And so then you have allowed yourself to become vulnerable. You don't have anybody. And, and um, I, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I know we kind of talk about myths and things of that sort when it comes to therapy. And one of those being... One, one thing that we don't realize is those those friends that um, are always the ones that's just so bubbly and excited and they're always giving advice to others and you feel like, man, they don't never go any, it, through anything. Or when they do go through, through things, they're just, they have such positive attitudes. Believe it or not, as mental health professionals see that those are the ones who are suffering with depression the most. Those are the ones that are committing suicide. So you always want to check on your friends that are seemingly doing extremely well. Um, I don't know if that's more of a defense mechanism, but we have seen 
that those are the very ones that end up committing suicide. And so everyone would say, well, they, they just seem so happy. They always helping people and they always motivate people when they're down and encourage them. So surprisingly, um, sometimes depression does not show itself as depression, meaning depression doesn't mean that you crying all the time. Um, so I think that that's definitely a lack of knowledge um, as it relates to that specific um, diagnosis. Uh, and that's, that's crazy that you uh, spoke on that. My, um, my godfather in Texas, in Dallas, and he was telling me like it recently, my godbrother is 30. Bryce might be 13. Yeah, he might be 13, but he just experienced that. He lost a classmate that committed suicide. And like, because of my father, I was just like, I just can't believe because he's such a terrible kid. That's it. And I literally just explained the exact same thing you just said. Mm-hmm. I was like, Bryce is going to have to take a step back from social media if he has Because I don't know, like, kind of, you know, as I, I don't have any kids. But right. I give him, like, advice from what I do know and from what he, I said, he's going to take a step back. And I said, how did he find out? He was like, well, a classmate told him for the school announced it. And he was like, as a parent, he was like, they were shocked. He didn't know how to deal with it as a parent. He didn't know how to explain to Bryce what had happened, what taking what like taking place and how he said Bryce doesn't want to talk about it. He's just his emotions are over the place. He doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to bring it up. And I guess I can imagine that, if, especially if they were friends. He's like the kid that had been over their house several times. And so they had a bond with him. So it, it took a toll on not only my godfather but it, um, and my godbrother, but it took a toll on them as parents. And he was just like, Jazz, we don't know. I said, only thing, I don't have kids again, but the only thing I can tell you to do is what I feel like is the best way to do for Bryce. Like, give him his space, but don't give him too much space. Kind of make sure you check on him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right. And so just, but at the same time, social media, I told him it's out. I said, it's, it's out at, at this moment or at this time in his life right now just think of the positive things of his of his friend and I don't I don't know but I I just know I was glad that he wasn't the only child but I thought about the family and how they discovered this situation and what happened so it's a lot lot and I I feel for them and I feel for the family but I also feel for I don't know it's just a terrible situation um yeah definitely a terrible situation but I just lost also a co-worker the same way oh wow that's what I'm saying so sorry told him that thank you I, and I told him that I was like I I understand what you what you're feeling I said but you have to just protect your mind as well so yeah always good conversation when it comes to therapy mental health that's why I'm so excited yeah <laughs> so um I know, I, uh, like I said, I keep looking at my phone because I'm looking at my questions as well. Um, I also asked you, like, how has becoming a therapist impacted your life as a parent, a friend, a sister, daughter? Like, how how has that impacted you? I know you say kind of like you probably look at stuff different now. Yeah, like- I think that um, it has impacted me in such a way where I'm just so much more alert and in tune to things. Um, I think it can also be... Um, I guess the negative aspect of that, I feel like um, because you hear so much and um, 
people have experienced so many things, you want to protect your family from experiencing those things. So I think sometimes if you don't balance it right, you can be very controlling because you just really want to protect your family from all these different types of traumas that other people have um, experienced. But um, I would say overall, it has just kind of given me a better, I want to say spirit of discernment. Um, I'm just more in tune to things. And it's taken um, years for me to really be able to have a really good balance. Um, sometimes, and what I mean by that is like not taking work home or not carrying someone else's emotions, being able to um, sympathize with people and empathize with them, but don't carry on their actual problem. So it takes a lot of time to really be able to master that um, as a therapist. I can, like I said, I can only imagine, like I said, I'm the friend that always, I feel like I'm not a therapist, but you know, always, like I said, always a listening ear, so. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like I said, kudos. <laughs> <laughs> kudos, like exactly to you. So, thank you. What what is like you said? We said we said it earlier, like the myths of therapy. So, what are the myths of therapy? Of I guess what people think. Oh, there's like a hundred million thousand <laughs> myths, you know. Um, but I think one of the biggest myths. Um, and I want to do uh, one of them that I do want to mention is that. A lot of people believe that you have to have a mental health issue to go to therapy. That's one of the biggest myths there are. Um, I tell people all the time, like, you don't have to be crazy or have a mental health issue to go to therapy. Um, I have people that just want to come and vent about coworkers. They can't really talk to nobody else about them. Just want to vent about life circumstances. They're not crazy. Nothing's wrong with them. Um, there are some people that have troubled marriages. They're not crazy. They just want to fix their marriage. Um, you have people that um, have low self-esteem, you know, um, and so they're just wanting to be able to be more confident in themselves. So that's one of the biggest myths is that you have to be like crazy or have a mental health diagnosis to seek therapy. Um, another myth um, for those that may be, I guess, in, in Christianity, some um, some may believe that um, going to therapy shows a lack of your faith in God and you believe in that he can handle your situation. Um, so some people of faith have um, felt that therapy is like showing that you don't you don't believe that God can work it out for you. You're actually seeking help. And so that's definitely a big myth. Um, Another myth is that children don't have um, mental health issues. Most of them are just attention-seeking behaviors, and that's not true. Um, typically, we don't really like to diagnose um, children before the age of four. Um, most diagnoses that you would see um, under the age of four are typically those that's um, related to autism. Um, we typically diagnose those pretty early. Um, however, um, one of the biggest things I noticed in the black community or the African-American community, a lot of times we're discouraged from therapy because um, one being what I said earlier, you think only crazy people go to therapy. Growing up, we're always told to just pray about it. Pray about it. You'll be okay. Just pray about it. Seek God on it. Pray about it. Pray about it. And so then you're kind of left with Okay, well, what do I do with these natural? I, I understand your spiritual side of things, but what about the natural sins? And I'm wanted to believe that God doesn't place 
people here. He don't place doctors and nurses and therapists here for no reason. So they, we're here for a purpose and we're here to help. Um, and it, it's in no way um, a lack of your faith or your belief that you can't do it on your own. Um, it's just, I like to think of it as just some extra support, um, especially for those that come in um, for couples counseling. I always like to tell my couples, like you can't tell everybody everything that you're going through or you can't vent to everybody about your spouse, specifically family. Cause guess what? Once you didn't tell them about your spouse and what they did, they're not gonna let it go. And you may decide to forgive them and we're gonna live happily ever after, but your family handling your spouse some kind of way cause you done told them all this information. So therapy. You get to do that in therapy. You get to tell that that neutral person, that third party person that by HIPAA regulations can't say, tell anything that you've said. You get to let it all out on them. And so that's another reason why therapy is like totally amazing. Um, <laughs> really like go to therapy. Like it, it can't hurt, right? right. So like, you feel like, um, you know, another myth um, is the, I think um, you said it earlier about the feeling like you have to have experienced a childhood trauma uh, to go to therapy. And that, you know, that's that's false. You don't have to experience trauma or anything like that. You can literally just want to go to talk to somebody. You might not have many friends. I just want to talk to somebody. We get those types of people all the time, you know? And I'm one of those therapists. One of the things that's really important when you are seeking therapy, it's almost like, uh, seeking employment almost in a sense like you you want to make sure that they're a right fit for you and the therapist also also should be making sure that they're a good fit for you as well every therapist is different I'm the type of person um in my office I'm kind of like a laid back I have a I have a television on the wall I sometimes my my clients will come in I'm sitting on the floor I got my shoes off um my clients have adapted how I kind of maneuver with things. I have some clients that'll walk right in, they'll take their shoes off and they'll come sit on the floor with me. Um, so I really like, I think it's important to have a very comfortable um, atmosphere. Um, and so one of the things that's important to me is I learn each of my clients and what their likes and dislikes are, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, what's their comfortability level. Um, so I'm very flexible in that. Um, so, but yeah, I hope I answered your question about the did. <laughs> Um, well, since we're, you know, talking about myths and trying to dispel, you know, the myths around therapy. So, um, what advice, um, would you give those who want to go to therapy or even people who, you know, believe these myths about therapy? Like what advice, um, would you give to somebody? I think my advice would be to talk to those who have experienced therapy. Um, word of mouth is one of the best ways to kind of encourage a person. Um, if you know anybody um, that can, um, that have been to therapy, that can say, hey, like this was a great experience for me. Um, for therapists, for me, myself, it is so gratifying to get a client um, day one, just vulnerable and just in a, a total um, emotional distress. And six months later, I mean, they're the most confident, like I get so much gratification out of that. Um, and so I think that uh, another thing that I would advise them to do is do your research. Um, it's always good to look at um, the therapist bio. What are their um, specialties? Um, you have some that are more based on Christian counseling. You have some that are very good with the LGBTQ community. You have some that are just overall, they deal in a, deal in a variety of different specialties. Um, 
So I would suggest kind of researching. You can narrow it down by like if you live in Hoover, okay, what therapists are in Hoover? Um, just kind of not because there's so many therapists, but that's a great way to be able to kind of compartmentalize. And so you're not looking at so much and get overwhelmed. So kind of narrow it down to a specific um person psychology today is a really good website um that lists several different therapists psychologists psychiatrists um all over um good therapy is a really great website for that as well and there's a black girls um, therapy for black girls website so if you know that you want a black girl therapist you can go on there read bios of those different therapists as well so i would suggest just kind of doing your research um and you know when you go to that first appointment you might not feel like you mesh too well with that therapist and that's okay. Like there's millions more you can choose from. So don't feel like once you pick, you have to stick with that one forever and ever. You know, if you find like, hey, we don't really have a good therapeutic relationship, you know, it's not a big deal. You know, just keep seeking until you find that one, like you're like, okay, this is it. You know, that person that you're excited to go to therapy every week, so. Yeah, and that's, that's how I feel personally. I know me, I want my therapist to not to feel, I want them to feel like a, a best friend in the city that doesn't judge me, that doesn't look at me any different, that can give me exercises to take care of myself and exercises to maybe even indulge to my friends or help with them when I'm listening. So yeah, I, I know that's what I personally look for. I, I know I'm, I'm a hands-on person, so I need some stuff to make me cry, make me get angry, like make me express everything. Right. I found it yet. But you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I'm not, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm, I know I got to go back. Because like me and my best friend just talking about that. We're saying like, we need to get back into therapy. It's needed. It's, it's, it's definitely, definitely needed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, so as someone um, who takes time out to listen to other people, um, you know, in, in their life stories or life struggles, whether that may be good or bad. And, you know, you talk to so many people and they have different emotions. So um, I guess, like, how does that weigh on you? Like, yeah. So how does that weigh on you um, as an individual and as a therapist? And like, what do you do to kind of, you know, protect your peace of mind? Well, yeah. So like I stated, it kind of took me a couple years to be able to, you know, separate the two. Um, And so one of the things I do is um, after I've completed my sessions and I'm getting ready to go home for the day um, and I'm on my ride home, I typically don't listen to anything. I just kind of use that moment to decompress. The silence helps me. It helps me kind of transfer my emotions and get myself back into like, okay, I'm done with Dr. Stephanie, the therapist. Now it's time to do mommy duty. So it kind of, my ride home is what kind of helps me decompress. Uh, The silence, um, and I will say it's hard. Um, I would say it's almost impossible for me. I can't speak for all therapists to completely disconnect your because even on the weekends, like I think about some of my clients, you know, I'm like, oh, I, I hope so-and-so is okay. Or, oh, I need to make sure I check in with them on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, and I'm, I'm a therapist that kind of gives homework. And so sometimes I'll be like, oh, I wonder if so-and-so did their homework, you know? So I have, I, I think about my clients, um, but I've been able to, you know, separate the two. Like when I'm home, I'm home. My attention's to my kids. I never want them to feel like um, mommy works all the time or, 
You know how you can have people that are physically present in the home, but not emotionally present in the home. Um, so I ensure that I'm emotionally, not just physically present, but emotionally present as well. And that's and that's a very important thing because I I've also seen that like I said, um, somebody brought up the topic and now we're gonna discuss that too. like the relationship that we have with our parents, how that affected us, right? Adults and we didn't. It's again, I'm 26, you're 25, four. I'll be 25. Yeah, in two more months. So like I said, it's just we both had to. St- back sometimes and think about relationships that we've had and how it's impacted us and even some of our characteristics are because of the relationship that we have with our parents and some things in some ways how we handle things is because of the relationship we have with our parents or growing up as a brother and a sister and I know personally me like some things um, have affected me and I'm just really starting to realize like why I am who I am sometimes and how I act the way I act sometimes because of relationship with this person um, from growing up so mm-hmm. I definitely can definitely agree with that um, I just said yo oh. <laughs> I was like I definitely can agree with that I but um amen choir yeah <laughs> but I know personally um like I said growing up that's a, I think just the older generation are not accepting of therapy like you said they're so you know we grew up what state? What goes on in my house? Stay in my house, mm-hmm. right? And okay, like you say, okay, it, again, certain. I don't know. Sometimes, like you said, you have to speak on some stuff, and mm-hmm. even like I said, it, everybody like in your family is not the best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned that too. Uh, you learn who's the glue in your family. Like I said, I know my grandfather's. My grandfather's family. Those were men that were glued to our family, and you see the change, the true characteristics. Some people come out. And the toxic ways that they have and how it, it affects you and it can affect my family. So I personally have seen that. Um, yeah. And it's just it, it just it, I don't like I said that, that's how I know I gotta get back into the therapy. <laughs> like I gotta get back into it because it's just it, I know it's taking a toll on me mentally and some of my emotions as an individual. So. Right. Right. And it, like I said, I just in a black community, it just we are not taught there. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not taught just the importance, right? We're not taught mental health until we get older, or we have a breakdown, or she done went crazy, or she can't, or she dates this way, or she acts this way. It's some things that it affected you from growing up, mm-hmm. things that you had to encounter. So I know for a fact that's that's one. Yep. <laughs> um, I pretty much. I know that's why I said when I when I get to talking, I just I do. Yeah, I really appreciate I appreciate the invite. I think we had a great discussion. I hope that you know people were able to be enlightened on some things. Yeah. So what it what it would be your advice to those who are seeking therapy, and um, in the black community, what do you consider um, leading causes of? 
Uh, I think the leading cause of mental health issues is just literally ignorance, like just a lack of knowledge. Um, we are mistaking things um, for bad behavior or attention seeking when there's really an actual mental health issue um, going on. You know, you had that one family member that you said, oh, yeah, you know, so-and-so just crazy. She crazy. But typically there's a real mental health issue there. Nobody has encouraged them to go seek help. Um, so I feel, and I feel like a lot of times now in society, we kind of diagnose ourselves. We go on Dr. Google and we start typing some symptoms and we think we, how many people have y'all really heard people say, oh yeah, she bipolar. You can't diagnose nobody. <laughs> but we just, you know, so I think, um, one of the things or, or the issues that we have is the fact that just lack of knowledge, really, um, lack of knowledge and um, if we can be more knowledgeable about mental health and the importance of mental health and having podcasts just like this one to be able to enlighten people, to be able to educate people, I definitely see there being improvement in the area for the black community. I'm going to leave you with this last question. And like I said, thank you so much for being on. Probably won't be the last, but I definitely want you oh, to. <laughs> and I want you to tell me, like, as a therapist, what impact do you want to have on your clients and, they, and on the world? And, you know, even as a mom, like, you know, mm -hmm. I know that's three different roles. But, like, you know, if you can dissect, like, what impact do you really want to have as a therapist? Well, the biggest impact that I want to have is I want to be able to give people tools and knowledge that they can carry on for a lifetime. Um, I'm I'm one of those therapists that I'm not anti-medication, but I'm not necessarily pro-medication. I feel like medication only treats the symptoms, um, but you definitely need the therapy to be able to be long-term successful mentally and emotionally. Um, you know, and also when it comes along with medication, sometimes you end up taking a medicine for one thing and you it brings about side effects. So you have to take another medication to treat those side effects and then another medication to treat those. And so to me, it's kind of like a Band-Aid fix. But therapy in itself is going to give you the tools that you need to be long term, emotionally and mentally healthy. And so that's one of the things that's very important to me. Um, and I guess for me, like my legacy as a therapist, to be able to say my clients to say, like, she helped me out of a dark place. And now I am equipped. I'm equipped to handle anything that comes my way. I know exactly what to do. And, and my clients actually be in a position um, where they're able to help their friends and their family from what they've learned in therapy. Well, Thank you for having me. Yes, and like I said, hopefully it's not the last time. And like I said, I really hope that people take from this live and take from this episode that therapy is one is a healthy thing to do. It's okay to go when you're good um, or bad. Don't don't just go when you feel like you have no other corners. I, I will say, mm -hmm. like don't feel like you're in this in a in a a corner where you just feel like you can't back out or you feel like you're going to go mentally now insane or crazy. Right. You don't have to go just because um, you're feeling depressed or anxiety. Exactly. And like I said, it, it should be a healing space in my opinion. That's how I look at therapy. Mm -hmm. It should be a healing space within yourself. That's right. I feel like that's why I said I know. Like you said, you can pray. And like I said, I'm a strong faith person as well. Mm -hmm. Church. But like you said, sometimes you have to seek outside and with the heal within yourself. That's steps to help 
along with prayer, along with your faith, it steps to also help you to grow and heal as a person. Absolutely. Beautifully stated. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. No, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Well, thank you so much. Nice. And, and also, anybody else got quit, we'll go ahead and let you go because I know you have a prior engagement. But thank you. Yes, thank you for having me. Y'all have a good one. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. So, we have no comments today. It looks like it. Oh, man. Oh, Y'all don't love us today? But no. Um, uh, quick little announcement, you guys. Uh, make sure you are following us on our social media platforms. At Black Women Diaries Podcast is the YouTube page. Black Women Diaries Podcast is the Facebook page. And our Instagram is BLK Women Diaries. Okay, so it's, it's Black Short. I know. I'm a you don't want nobody to type in women. I'm so weird. <laughs> I've been rambling. <laughs> Um, so that Instagram and Twitter is B L K W O M E N D I A R I E S Black Women Dire. Make sure y'all spell woman with an E and not an A. Okay. Right. But no, serious on serious note. Um, thank you for everybody that did tune in. Thank you for sharing it. Um, make sure you share it and get somebody else to tune into it. Uh, like I said, it'll still be up on our um, page. We'll have it probably as an episode, probably by next week. But thank you guys so much again. Thank you, Doctor Lit, for allowing for coming onto our platform and for being an amazing guest and amazing therapist hold on you might gain a couple clients you might have gained a couple clients today so i hope so so. yeah i hope so so like i said she's she's great she was uh, highly recommended and i'm glad she did take the time to come out onto our podcast and so um um (laughs) hey will My pie brother came on. Hi, Will. How you doing, sir? Thanks for being here today. That's the only one I got today, but uh, <laughs> that's the only one we got. Um, show all of them. Yes, uh, like I said, again, just share it. Share it on your page. Share it um, to your friends. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Spreaker. And we're working on some more platforms like I'm gonna work on Pandora, Amazon. Yeah, Pandora has. Uh, I don't know. And we on iHeartRadio too. I don't know, but I'm gonna get this on. <laughs> so <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're trying to get us on all the platforms. That's all I know. Everything I can get us on, chat. But um, that is it. And we go. Yeah, I'm sorry, Red. I'm here to be. Black women's diaries.